1: And how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
0: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, it's a scoop session Tuesday here on Mackie and Judd. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we bring our guy in, Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department and a man that I'm hoping to take down in fantasy football once again with our draft coming up. Um, Doogie let's start here so Diana Rossini is the latest national NFL insider to come out and float something Justin Jefferson related I'll summarize by saying she basically said Justin Jefferson and the Vikings would both like to reach a long term record-breaking contract the deal is not done there's still time before the regular season it's kind of a, a non-update update. This is like the second or third one of these that we've seen. But as of right now, we're almost to September and a deal is not done yet. So uh, is there anything, anything here at all whatsoever? Do you think a deal gets done before week one?
2: Well, I think it's possible, Phil. It takes both sides to be motivated enough to get to the finish line. I will reiterate, in an ideal world, the Vikings right now, here on Tuesday, August 29th, would already have Justin Jefferson signed to a contract extension and TJ Hawkinson. Judd, you have alluded to this for many months. You have been spot on. It is a very complicated negotiation. There's also the Nick Bosa factor with the Niners set to make Bosa the highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history. Well, which deal comes first? Is it the Bosa deal or the Jefferson deal? Because Jefferson wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback In NFL history, the Vikings understand that they greatly need to take care of Justin Jefferson. That's not the issue. The issue is, okay, the total guarantee, how high does the number need to go? You know, some injury protection in there, too. The language can get goofy. But I'm just telling you, like Rob Brzezinski at this point, I'm just telling you, Rob Brzezinski at this point would love to have the Jefferson extension done, finished but these talks have been ongoing on and off for many months. So is it possible, Phil, it's done by September 9th, heading into the Sunday, September 10th opener, I suppose, but it has taken this long. And at this point on Tuesday morning, August 29th, there's just no sense. Like it's on the, use the football analogy or football cliche. on the hey, one wh- yard line sorry. Or two yards. Doogie,
0: line. what a professional broadcaster Doogie is here. Uh, do we need to put Judd in uh, microphone timeout here or yeah, so. we keep, keep going forward? Okay. Thanks so. Okay.
2: We're going to put <laughs> J- Judd like Adam, in. He's just, he's baffled. <laughs> he's like, what is going on?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. We I have a new that, microphone man. on the way for Judd here, but uh, we're still grinding through it. So yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, by the time people listen to this, some of the roster stuff is going to play out. So we can kind of, we can kind of, save the roster discussion for when it's actually out there. But it is it is interesting to this point, you know, Quasey has been the general manager now for a year and a half, and we haven't seen a contract extension yet. Unless I'm missing something. I mean, Hawkinson's still sitting out there. How, how much of this, how, how I mean, this is, how sort of frozen do you think they might be by all of these decisions coming through the pipeline at the same time? You don't know who your quarterback's going to be because Cousins isn't under contract. You don't know who your edge rushers are going to be because Davenport and Daniel Hunt, like basically all these important positions and players. Um, do you think we're just going to see, you know, multiple contracts at some point? Or do you think they're really trying to keep the runway clear for 2024? Where, where, where do you think they're at with this, Doogie?
2: Well, I mean, they are going to take care of Jefferson, right? There's no freezing in Egan in regards to the best wide receiver in the game. They are going to take care of the best wide receiver in the game. I think the back and forth we can have in that regard, Phil, is TJ Hawkinson, that he is chasing some pretty good money that it makes logical sense in so many ways just to play this thing out and slap the franchise tag on him. That that franchise tag for a tight end will be in the vicinity of 12 to $12.5 million, maybe 13 but that is still reasonable for the 2024 season. Now, even though this regime... Rob Brzezinski and others that have been there for a long time don't necessarily like to use the franchise tag. I think this is one of those cases where if TJ is not willing to play ball with what the Vikings are willing to do, that Cole Komet contract extension with the Bears, through some things for a loop, right? So if he's chasing that $40 to $42 million in guarantees, But the Vikings aren't going to quite approach that number. Can you meet somewhere a little above the 32 that Kmet got, right? But if TJ is truly going to hold strong his representation, Neil Cornrich, on wanting close to a record-breaking tight end deal, well, that's where it could get sticky. But, yes, I get it. The Vikings have so many decisions to make. They have so many free agents after this year. I get it that we fixate on Cousins, on Hunter, but you think about guys like DJ Wanham. Josh Metellus, Ezra Cleveland, K.J. Osborne. So many decisions will be made after this year. But in terms of Jeffersonville, it's a no-brainer. It's just a matter of finding that sweet spot on the guarantees. But the Vikings realize they need to pay him a boatload of money.
1: Dukes, does one of these things have to happen before the other, i.e. the Jefferson and Hawkinson contract extension? Does one become a lot easier
2: if the first one gets done first, or does it really not matter? They want to just get both these guys locked up before week one starts. Yeah, independent, Declan. Yeah, I mean, separate, right? I mean, they could happen within 48 hours of each other, I suppose, right? I'm not ruling that out, but I would say those two are, are independent of each other. But just notice this, talks are ongoing. They have been ongoing for a while, off and on. They will continue. I imagine, who knows, if it's not done by September 9th, maybe even into the regular season, even though we don't see that very often. The regular season is the cutoff point for contract negotiations. I wouldn't be shocked if things, you know, dip into the regular season if need be. But it's also possible as we approach September 9th into September 10th, the morning of September 10th, or, you know, that night of September 9th, that one or both of these extensions are done.
0: You know, I get it from the Vikings side too. Like if I'm, first of all, I guess, if I trade a second round pick for Hawkinson and he and he plays really well, like he did, I know that him and the agent are probably going to want the biggest tight end contract. So on one hand, I don't understand if, if there's like a level of shock here on the Viking side. Like this is this is where this was always headed in the negotiation, in my opinion. But I also understand if you're the Vikings okay, he was here for a half season. You know, he's never put up a 1,000 yards. He's he, He's not on that top level, the Kelsey sort of, you know, George Kittle level. Maybe he could get there with another season. So if you are the Vikings, it probably makes sense for that reason and with all the other contract uncertainties you have. Play the season, go put up 1,200 yards or whatever it is. Go be basically the number two wide receiver on this team, you know, from the tight end spot. And then we can talk about, a record-breaking tight end contract. I, the, I can see why the Vikings would be hesitant to give him money that he hasn't necessarily earned or deserved on that top level yet. But at what risk? I mean, do you do you alienate this relationship? I mean, the, historically, Dukes, the Vikings' previous regime didn't really get to the point of franchise-tagging players ever. Some other teams do it on on a regular basis. The Vikings have not, so we just haven't really seen much of that. You know, the last ten or fifteen years around
2: here. Yeah, I mean, who was the last one? Was it Jimmy Klein saucer? Or was it Chad Greenway at one point? I mean, Boy. we need to go back a decade plus, right? I mean, that's where you're racking your brain. You're like, okay, when was the last time the Vikings used yeah. a franchise tag? So it's not something a lot of these folks who have been there for a really long time. I know we think about Quasey, but under Quasey, there's a lot of holdovers. People that have been in that front office for many, many years. Traditionally, they just don't use the franchise tag. But yes, the only thing you're risking, Phil, is alienating that relationship. But the Vikings really have most of the power. But if you're TJ with this injury history, I don't have every injury in front of me. Maybe Declan can look it up, but he's battled four or five different things since being that top 10 pick with Detroit coming out of Iowa a few years ago. right? So he's looking at it saying, this is my chance to cash in. Yes, the Vikings gave up all this draft capital. They make this big acquisition. I'm not sure I could have done anything else once I got there. That first game in Washington on, all I did was produce. I've shown I can be productive in this offense. It's on them to pay me. Why do I want to put my body on the line again? Also knowing what we laid out about the franchise tag, that in TJ's mind in Neil Cornrich's mind, It could be another, well, 17 games this year, 17 games next year, potentially a playoff game or two, 34 to 36 more games before you truly have a chance to hit a really, really solid payday. Now, I get it. Trust me. If he's making $12.5 to $13 million next year, that's not chump change. The nine and change he's making this year, whatever the exact number is this year, is not chump change. But I'm sure. After he went to tight end U in July in Nashville, led by Kelsey, led by Mark Andrews and others. You know, George Kittle actually is the leader of that tight end university, but Kelsey Andrews, others have their fingerprints on it. That he's around all those guys. He's seeing all these guys come at Ingram, right? Even Waller going back to the Raiders contract he signed before being dealt to the Giants. You look at all these contracts. Dallas Goddard, Andrews also. All these guys getting paid, Phil, and he's around these guys in July. They're talking about, inevitably, talking about these sorts of things. And he's like, whoa, where's my payday? I'm on par with a lot of these guys. I put up good numbers. I want my money. But I'm just saying, I understand it from the Viking standpoint. At this point, I would just say, TJ, what are you going to do? You're not sitting out. Go produce. And, yeah, we can revisit dialogue after the year. But deep down, the Vikings know, if need be, we have use of, of the franchise tag. I mean, you look up and down all those free agents I laid out, but the one that makes sense, based on the rules, based on everything, right, would be TJ Hawkinson for the franchise tag. Yeah. There's really nobody else you can lay out the case for. Right? I get it. Cousins and Hunter are free agents. But the guy you would put the franchise tag on, would be TJ Hawkins.
0: and Cousins, right? Would I mean, you can't a, even use
2: the franchise tag on Cousins. You, you and could I the language could. in Hunter. Well, it would be what fifty something million or 45 million, 50, I think it'd like be like
0: like I think it'd be like sixty million or something. It's some or of it the third, even the higher third franchise the tag years. This
2: franchise tag, yeah, mm-hmm. you're not putting it on Cousins. And I forget, top of my head, the reworked language in Hunter's contract, but. You can't use the franchise tag on Hunter? Is that I the believe they
0: negotiated that. Yeah.
2: Given? yeah, so I'm just saying, you're not using the franchise tag on those other guys. Trust me, I love my guy, Metallus. I love some of these guys. KJ Osborne, in all likelihood, is going to hit a nice payday elsewhere. That's why you bring in Jordan Addison. You're preparing for Osborne leaving in March. Hawkinson is the guy you would use the franchise tag on. I saw poor Chris Reed got renegotiated again. I mean, this guy, I think this for the second time this year, they've got came to him and say, Hey, we're going to rework just, I know it's very minimal chump change. It's not like they're moving around millions and millions and millions of dollars. But uh, for the second time, they've uh, kind of restructured his deal after him being kind of a non-factor for the most part of training camp. Yeah. They still trust him. Yeah. I mean, non-football injury, right? I mean, he hasn't been on the field yet, but there still is a trust factor Declan. So he is going to be in that locker room. Now, what it looks like to start the year, what list is he on? But I'm just saying, like, if need be, come October, November, December, if he needs to play some snaps with some position flexibility, they trust him. So he is going to be here. But, yes, that was officially filed last week with the Players Association, yet another reworking. So the original reworking was done in March And now he takes a little bit of a base salary pay cut again. And yeah, that got done last week. But Chris Reed is going to be here.
0: Uh, Is it fair to say that the Vikings decided Jaron Hall and a fourth-round pick are more valuable to them than Trey Lance?
2: Yeah, they were not willing. I'm glad you brought this up, Phil. There was genuine interest in Trey Lance going back to pre-draft. My understanding is they were not willing to touch giving up a fourth round pick. Now, the question is would they have gone as high as a five, or were they married more to the idea of a six or a seven or a conditional seventh that could have turned into a sixth, something like that? But my sense, my understanding is they were not willing to touch giving up a four. So, hey, kudos to Jerry Jones, those folks in Dallas. Take a swing on a guy that, you know, has a ceiling if he can even approach anything close to that ceiling. But these guys, even though they like the player, were not willing to go that high.
0: Yeah. It's it is real and by the way, we can uh let's see if we can sneak Judd back in here. Get Judd out of microphone timeout let's try our luck. Hello, Judd. Can you hear me? Am I really loud? No, <laughs> I think we're better. I think we're okay. I think we're okay. okay. Can you hear can you hear us? Judd, can you hear us?
1: I Hello, you. Judd. You're, you're you're very low, but I'm keeping this <laughs> down. So since my microphone evidently reset everything last night,
0: <laughs> so right, I'll ask this question: uh, They seem to Love like Jaron Hall quite a bit, right? I mean, d- he looks to have progressed in the three post uh, preseason games. You, you, when you when you start him with the actual backups, those first two drives, he looks good. Kevin O'Connell's had some great things to say. I'm sure Kevin O'Connell was very influential and. In, Drafting Jaron Hall. So it is, you know, if if you would have said this a year ago, hey, you have a chance at Trey Lance for like a fourth round pick, I think I think most teams would have jumped on that. It I guess it speaks to two things. How far the Trey Lance stock has fallen and how impressive Jaron Hall must have been behind the scenes for the you know last four months or so.
2: Yeah, they like Jaron Hall. I mean, Judd, have you heard the same thing that they are impressed by Jaron Hall? They want Jaron Hall around here. Just to see this thing out, no guarantees that Jaron Hall is like the starter in 2024, but he made all sorts of progress throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. I would debate that his best performance in the preseason was that last game, that Arizona game. I just know that they have a healthy opinion. They had one pre-draft, and they've seen that opinion come to fruition throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. They won Jaron Hall around here this year.
1: Uh, Dukes, if I may, in joining light here, transition to the Twins. I'd like to ask you a question about the uh, story of the day yesterday, which was pregame, obviously, Byron Buxton working out in center field, which, as you've alluded to, this is not a first. Like we've talked about this before, uh, but it became a bigger deal. Is the plan there status quo? And also, here's my question to you for some analysis. Are we, it feels like we're getting really excited about this, like, oh, Buxton might come back and play. You know, my thing is, this is how he's going to play if he's going to obviously get in in the playoffs. But the way that they're going right now, it's not, you know, unless you can get me Buxton back at 100%, it's not as if Byron Buxton needs to save the day. So, how should we interpret this? Because it feels like, oh, Byron Buxton might come back in center field. It's going to be like old times. And and I guess I just sort of disagree with with that. If he can come back and play there and play well, awesome. But if he can't, it's not worth trying to force him into the lineup um, based on what's going on offensively. And Michael Taylor and Buxton are probably right now about the same player. And Taylor might have a little more pop right now for I know.
2: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, Michael A. Taylor is a viable alternative. But here's the plan on Buck. So we alluded to this in this slot last week, Tuesday. I said, hey, Byron is going to start a rehab assignment as soon as late this next week. Well, here we are into this next week. It is trending in that direction that Byron Buxton, before the week is over, will be in the lineup in St. Paul for the Saints and, yes, will play in center field maybe not on a daily basis it may be center field then dh then back in center right he'll play a few games for the saints then they can make a determination but that is the idea the next step is later today tuesday he will hop in the batter's box live batting practice jorge alcala will throw to him of the two relievers jorge alcala brock stewart jorge alcala with a lengthy injury history by the way Plus, when he's been on the mound, not like he's been productive, but there's some intrigue with the arm. Alcala is closer than Stewart to returning. Not that Brock Stewart is out for the year, but Alcala is closer. So the idea is Buxton plus Alex Kirilov later today at Target Field will hop in the batter's box. If all goes well with Buxton, he continues to work in center field. Heck, I was there Monday pregame. He got working. Jace Tingler and Watkins were hitting him. Fly balls in center. He was running the bases. He looked pretty good. I, along with a few others, then chatted with Buxton in the clubhouse. He was subdued. He said, hey, I'll be excited when I actually see my name on the lineup card playing center field. But I'm just telling you, it is trending in that direction that it'll happen before the week is over at CHS Field. Then we'll go from there, Judd. But I hear you. Like, as we think about Tuesday, October 3rd, Right, even before another, you know, game separator with Cleveland, like the Twins, they've been winning this division for many weeks. Cleveland is seven, eight games below five hundred. Give me a break. All these X's slash tweets alluding to the Twins are now this many games up. Cleveland is this many games back. I'm sorry. I can't take Cleveland seriously as they're seven, eight games below five hundred. So it's all been about October third. So as we think about the ideal lineup, Tuesday, October third twins against the Rangers the Blue Jays whomever the opponent is yes it's Buxton versus Taylor who makes more sense so I just I want to see how Buxton looks with the Saints then when he comes back up Judd but I'm just telling you I think in the twins minds that Buxton getting back in center saying he's feeling really good them giving him the seven-year 100 million dollar contract that in their minds Buxton is going to be in center field on Tuesday, October 3rd at Target Field.
0: Super interesting. A couple couple other things. I have a a Twins thing I want to throw at you here, but uh, if you notice, Doogie has lost some weight over the past month or so, thanks to his friends at MN Fat Loss, Doogs.
2: Yes, Phil. I am the opposite of Justin Jefferson's bank account in the near future. So that will be incredibly fat, not that it's not a little bit fat right now, but Justin Jefferson, when he inevitably signs the contract extension, That bank account will be incredibly fat. Not that I'm incredibly skinny, but I'm skinnier than I've been in a really long time. Down right around 20 pounds. I've moved on with mnfatloss.com from the maintenance phase to the, well, the reduction phase to now the maintenance phase. So I'm reintroducing some foods. I'm actually now learning a lot more about my body, what makes sense for me to consume, not consume. So like dairy, it beats me up pretty good gluten beats me up pretty good. So I will be transitioning to pretty much a dairy-free slash gluten-free diet. It's all about education, right? And you have great leaders at mnfatloss.com, but they're not overwhelming, but they provide incredible guidance. Began the journey on July 2nd. Incredibly grateful for the opportunity to work with the fine folks at mnfatloss.com. It's been fantastic. Most importantly, I have way more energy Than I ever have before. MNFatLoss.com's unique weight loss program makes it easy to lose weight, get healthy, and get your energy back naturally, safely, and effectively. Many patients lose 20 to 30 pounds in about a month or two. For your free private weight loss consultation, call 763 312 7600. That's 763 312 7600. Or schedule online at MNFatLoss.com. That's MNFatLoss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, DC. Results may vary.
0: So, uh, last couple minutes here, and we'll empty the scoop bag. But I want you to to start with this: the bullpen has some really interesting options as we move toward Tuesday, October third, or whatever the date is. Right? Uh, they've had a, they've had a dearth of left handed options. Well, last night, Cody Funderburk, who's been great in the minor leagues, former fifteenth round draft pick out of like, is it Dallas Baptist or something in two thousand nineteen or eighteen. He's a six-foot-four lefty, came in, had a great couple innings. Kenta Maeda likely moved to the bullpen where he's been excellent in his postseason career back with the Dodgers a few years ago. So um, I'm starting to sort of like the bullpen options as you start to lay this out a month from now.
2: Yes, and Louis Varland. The chatter continues internally about calling up Louis Varland at some point in September, experimenting with him out of the bullpen there are multiple twins folks who really believe his stuff can play really well out of the pen but then you think about that first round playoff series that best of three october 3rd october 4th if necessary october 5th well how many pitchers do you exactly need right you don't need 13 pitchers right for a three-game series you can (laughs) reset Your roster, if you move on, if you win that first round, you can reset your playoff roster for that next series. So, how many pitchers do you need? But yeah, that's what September is going to be all about, Phil. Them exploring, figuring out, okay, who makes sense. There still is a chance on Brock Stewart. He threw a bullpen over the weekend. He's scheduled to throw another one here pretty quick. So, he's had multiple setbacks. Right. It's not at this point that you can like absolutely like in ink write in Brock Stewart in the bullpen for October 3rd. But he remains a possibility as well. So I'm with you. Heck, even Josh Winder, his last two appearances. Plus, I've always thought maybe it's just you look at the guy like you stand next to Josh Winder. He looks like the real deal. He just he has this aura, this presence about him. I get it. The numbers before these last two outings have been pretty subpar, but I still am intrigued by Josh Winder. So they have enough intriguing options that, yeah, including Kent Maeda. So if you're thinking about game one, okay, Pablo uh, Lopez. Game two, Sonny Gray. Game three, if necessary, at this point, Joe Ryan. I mean, I guess that's where the conversation picks up. If you play a game three, winner take all, loser goes home, who starts game three? Would it be Joe Ryan? Would you go with Kenta Maeda or is Maeda in the bullpen? But these are all things that they are kicking about at Target Field. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, any other final uh, scoop nuggets here before we say goodbye today, dudes?
2: Yeah. So Thursday night, Gophers, Nebraska at Huntington Bank Stadium. The sense is that Greg Harbo will be the play caller. So would it be Matt Simon or Harbo, the two co offensive coordinators? The sense is it will be Harbo. Collaborative effort, right? I think we. Maybe obsess about who's calling the plays a bit too much. Where there's input from multiple folks, but the sense is it will be Greg Harbo calling plays for the Gophers on Thursday night. Eleven NFL teams as of now. Fifteen scouts representing those eleven teams will be at Huntington Bank Stadium on Thursday night. Tyler Newbin, Gopher safety. I think he has a chance to absolutely be a day two pick. Don't think day one at this point, just from the safety position, but. He's looking like a second or third round pick. The Gophers have some other interesting NFL prospects as well, but certainly Tyler Newbin at the top of that list. Yeah.
0: Darren Doogie-Olson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department and the Scoop Podcast every Tuesday and Thursday here with inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Thanks, Dugs.
2: Okay, boys. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. I'm connecting with Mark Coyle later today, so thank you for the flexibility.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, Vikings cut day today. So check out purple daily for a, a live stream later on, on this Tuesday afternoon, it's Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd.